pandemic, social unrest, the state, and the White House. You are listening to The John DePietro Show. Good afternoon. It's John DePietro on AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. You can always listen online, and I mean always, at DEPTRO.com on the website. And then you just click listen live, and then boom. No matter where you are, it is nice and clear audio, and you can uh, listen to the program. And by the way, while you're on the website, feel free to poke around a little bit. Uh, We have, obviously, things in the shop. We also, if you ever miss anything, many of the interviews we had, a lot of people liked. We had the uh, head of the Providence Police Union on yesterday. Other interviews, interviews, excuse me, that we have done. I saw my friend, um, I want to say hello to uh, Herb D. Simone, ran into yesterday. He said, boy, I really like the Michael Bender uh, interview. Folks, it's all at the website, depetro.com, D-E-P-E-T-R-O.com. And also, I want to say good afternoon to everybody tuning in. We have our live stream on Facebook. Folks, you can be a supporter of the program, by the way. If you go to the website, at the very top, see where it says support real news, support one, depetro.com. And then you see that yellow, what does that button say? Let me spell it out. D-O-N-A-T-E. Donate. There you go. Now, also, for those of you that are watching on Facebook, you can be a Facebook supporter. And that's ridiculously affordable. Uh, You just look for it. And we only need a couple more to hit July. They give you, Facebook gives you certain uh, metrics to hit each month. We only need a few more to hit the July number Again, on Facebook, under the videos, you'll see where it says supporter. And then you just click on that. Seems uh, simple enough. And then it brings you to a different page. And then boom, as you can imagine, you are a supporter. Let me just um, see how. Uh, all right. Uh, like, for instance, yesterday, if you see yesterday's uh, a video, I was out actually last night as well. Yeah, there you go. Uh, we did one after dark last night. Need 10 July supporters, and we only have one of 10. So right now, we need, well, it'd be nice if we had nine people. We'll take five people. Support Real News. Support this live stream. Look for the green button that you see on Facebook. I think I'm holding it up. And again, it, it's it's under the videos. It's under the videos. It's all about, uh, and I have no complaints. I mean, listen, Facebook is tough. I know that. Um, I just heard from someone that said they're in jail for a couple days, and that always seems to happen to various people. Um, It's a moving metrics, but it's much needed. You just look for that green button where it says um, support. Support now, right? Yeah. And then uh, let me just click on that. Make it. um, We'll go this way. All right, Mr. Uh, Right there. I'm holding it up for everybody on the screen. I think you can see that unless it just shines through. But anyhow, it's under the videos. What does that say? One of ten. Need nine supporters for July. So anyhow, folks, this portion of the John DePietro Show is, in fact, brought to you by PR Landscape Materials and Garden Center. You know, I am so glad they are having an incredible season, and they have fresh produce, and they do it the right way. I want to say hello to Steve and Debbie and Junior and Byron. I was just on their Facebook page a little earlier. Uh, Let me find that. And... um, what did they do it right? Because they, there we go. Farm fresh vegetables are here. Native corn, delicious. You know, you don't even need any butter. It's so fresh. Native corn, 
delicious tomatoes, all farm fresh, peppers, cucumbers. Uh, they're just tremendous. That's why they were at Island's number one garden center. It's PR, landscape materials, and garden center. They're a member of the Rhode Island Farm Bureau, established in 1953. But they, and they have everything you need to make your landscape terrific. They're open every day until 5 o'clock. They're open seven days a week. They're always working, which I always like. And it makes it um, convenient for people to, uh, to pop in. So, uh, but stop it and see them located right off uh, Route 4, 3688 Quaker Lane in North Kingstown, Rhode Island's number one garden center. It's PR Landscape Materials and Garden Center. And by the way, they have everything to make your property beautiful. So, um, I also want to just address, you know, I have no problem because of, and again, folks, good afternoon. Right now it's 12 minutes. It's uh, 10, 12, 10 minutes past uh, the hour of 12 on this Wednesday. Social media forces us to interact with people a lot of times they normally wouldn't interact with. So, and I don't mind that. But all I ask, all I ask, you know, there has to be a response, shared responsibility for those that want to comment. You know, years ago, you didn't have this. So what do you have? You had letters to the editor or you had chat rooms and things like that. Now people instantly. But all I, I ask is Read the story. Read the story before. Then you can comment. Then you can comment. Don't just comment on a headline. Kind of a lazy way to do it. Um, <clears throat> so I, I, I shared a story that. The, and I'm glad about this. The U.S. women's soccer team lost. You know what that means? It means prayer helps. Prayer works. Because I was praying they would lose to Sweden. So I shared the story. And then I receive a message from someone. And I'll, I won't say who it is. They stood for the anthem. The story said that they took the knee for Black Lives Matter before the game. I hate this expression. Please stop spreading hate. You know, these people with their cliche lines, hate has no home here. Hate has no home. Go to a Black Lives Matter protest and see if you can feel the love as the bottles are thrown, being thrown in Antifa and everything else. Spreading hate, sharing a story that the U.S. Olympic women's soccer team lost and then took the knee for Black Lives Matter before the game. That is not, that is not uh, spreading hate. I don't agree with the kneeling. You're allowing an old picture. I, I shared a blanking story. You're re- re- allowing an old picture. What they did. I usually enjoy your posts. Now I have to fact, I shared a post. If you Google that, everybody lists that. So I take the time to share it with the person. This person, yes, I watched the game at 4.30 this morning. Well, that tells you all you need to know. Whatever team that Megan Rampone is on, I want to, I don't care. Let them come in last. And they did, they kneeled. They all took a knee. It didn't happen during the national anthem for either team. You know, so everybody's wrong. 
U.S. women's soccer team kneel before the Olympic opener to protest racism. Oh, okay. So someone who's on my Facebook page, they have it right. But every major news organization that was is over there in Tokyo, they have it wrong. You know, I, I, I'm actually so glad and relieved we cleaned that up and we cleared that up. Thank God we have people that are that committed because otherwise I was actually relying on the, the, the people that were there. As opposed to someone in the Rhode Island area that got up at 4.30 to watch the game. So all the journalists in Tokyo, from the Wall Street Journal, the New York Times, London Papers, everybody, everybody has it wrong. For one woman in Rhode Island who got up at 4.30, she has the story right. Well, you know, I am very, very relieved. So Fox has it wrong. Newsmax has it wrong. Everybody's got it wrong. Wow. Okay. Well, anyway, let's get back on track. Folks, all I'm saying is I wasn't, I was just to get said, yeah, the facts are in the blanking story. Ah, I know, I know. It would be very easy to ban the person. You know, I am just so grateful we live in a country and actually in a state where every major news organization in the world, including Sports Illustrated, Wall Street Journal, Fox, L.A. Times, Chicago Tribune, they're all wrong except for one woman in Rhode Island who got up supposedly at 430 to watch it. She has the story right. I'm just thankful that that's, that that's happening. All right, let me get on track here, folks. Now, you hear me mention the website. You're going to hear me mention the website. And the website, depetro.com, of which we have a story right now that has everybody else scrambling. <clears throat> and that's fine. And then here's the thing, though. When this story hits, so many of them are so unprofessional and they won't say as first reported by. But, folks, that's right. That's the world we're living in. <clears throat> depetro.com, which is sponsored by the Senadale. Comfort food, cocktails, stop in and see my friend. I was there last Friday night. It has become my new hangout. 2025 Smith Street, North Providence, right off of 295. Look for them on Facebook. It's terrific. And it's also almost like a, um, well, it's right in Centerdale. Right there, North Providence, but easy to get to off 295, right at the very end of, um, if you go to the bottom of Mineral Spring Avenue and then Smith Street, Shane and his crew, the food is delicious. The drinks are fantastic. Great staff. I love it. The Centerdale. Stop in. Uh, their hours are posted and so forth. But it's just terrific. So, folks, um, now coming up at 1230, we're going to speak with William Jacobson of Legal Insurrection. And uh, he is terrific. And he, if you're listening right now, and you are a teacher, or you're related to a teacher, <clears throat> someone that wants to speak out and, and, you know, talk to them. Because maybe not everybody has to come forward. But he, they are dedicated to getting the word out, committed, I should say, to getting the truth out about critical race theory. So he's going to join me at 1230. That is the website. That is always breaking these legal stories. The website that the cackle was like clueless on. I've never heard of this, said the former failed reporter from Channel 6. 
But I want to touch on the story that everybody's trying to get on top of. And that's the story on DePetro.com, which I, 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 I'm not sure. I, I think I know when it's going to hit, but we're going to find out sooner rather than later. Before I do, I just want to mention, folks, again, uh, right now, what time is it? 12.18. I would love you to come along with me. In September, we are doing a road trip to New York, Patriots, Jets, September 18th, 19th. Um, We travel down on the Saturday, spend Saturday in New York, which will be fun and fantastic, and it is, and it's safe. You're with Juan. Saturday night, we have a big Juan After Dark party at the hotel, and then all the Patriot fans, a very professional tailgate party, and then... Patriots just after that, and then we're back in R.I. Sunday night. Um, I have information on the Facebook page. I have information coming up on the website, but it's it's Alan Hockman Tours. My friend Alan Hockman's running it. 401-274-TRIP. 274-TRIP for more details. Patriots Jets. So, um, I want to get to um, this the story now. When is the story going to hit about the police? You know, that's a good question. Um, It could be, let me see, one, you're asking a lot if you want people to read. These low information voters, these days go by exactly what you stated. They read the headlines. It is. Thank you very much, Freddie. Um, The low information voter. The, um, listen, I want to just, you know, the story hasn't hit yet. And I I don't know when they're going to come out with this. I have pretty solid sources on this. It could be a Friday news dump. I don't know. Could be. I'm hearing Attorney General. It's definitely the AGs involved. Attorney General <clears throat> Peter Norona. He's already shown he's not afraid to indict one police officer. He indicted that cop from Pawtucket. <clears throat> this goes back to, and again, if you haven't seen it yet, I understand that. Because the journal doesn't have it. Channel 12 doesn't have, you know, the usual don't have it. Someone sent me an email earlier. John, I was listening this morning. The cackle, did, the, the cackle has, these people have no idea what's going on. Uh, Matt, Matt Allen lives in New Bedford. <laughs> they don't even go to Providence. They're not plugged in. They don't even know what the weather is. But anyhow, um, listen, there was... A six-hour car chase. And again, I have the story on the website, tobeatdrone.com, exclusively, as everyone now is trying to play catch-up to find out. But, you know, there was a six-hour car chase, and it was a BMW convertible. There were three people in it. North Providence police were involved. Providence police were involved. State police were involved. Tucker police were involved. So at least those four. It could have been Cranston, I don't know. But definitely Providence, State Police, Pawtucket, I believe North Providence. If there's anyone outside of that, it could be. This went on for hours. They were playing a game of cat and mouse in the city. Three occupants. At one point, and word was coming over. Like they would disappear. I was going to try to do a one after dark and find them. But they. it was coming over that they had rifles in the BMW. BMW convertible. I believe three passengers. Um, now, you didn't know. One set of rifle. Someone else said, I think it's a BB gun, but they were shooting out at people. <clears throat> I don't think you, you couldn't tell. 
how old they were. This went on for hours. Thursday night, and then I, I did think of, like, I'll go, but then police were trying to tail them, and then they would lose them and slow down and speed up. And and then finally at 1 o'clock over in Manton Heights, they something happened, and they finally stopped them. And it turns out that there are two 15-year-olds and a 16-year-old. And listen, um, if you're police, you, you don't know how old they are. If, if you are, as I said last hour, if you have someone point a gun at you, you get pretty amped up. And they were pointing what looked like a rifle at various, and shooting, by the way, you know, shooting out windows and things like that, causing total havoc, chasing people, all this stuff. So from what I am hearing, you know, they finally stop them and two of them get out of the car. The third youth won't get out. And one of the police officers might have been a little amped up. Adrenaline is going on for hours. Never mind you have a weapon pointed at you. I'm hearing it might have been a little bit. Plus, he won't get out of the blanking car. Again, you don't know that it's a BB gun. You just know it's a rifle. You don't know how old they are. So you don't know. They're 15, 16. You don't know that. I know one of the kids was white. I believe one child, one of the kids, young men, was a person of color. And I, I, don't, I think the third might have been, <clears throat> could have been Latina, could have been Hispanic. So... So things may have gotten a little, little rough with the occupant that wouldn't get out of the vehicle. Now, I don't know if somebody, they were filming it. I don't know if somebody else was filming it. I don't know if there was a camera that caught it. A lot of body cam footage. I'm not exactly sure how it came down. I've heard that video was, a, you know, could be interpreted a little rough. I've also heard, and it's, it's tough. Because this is internal affairs, it's attorney general's office. <clears throat> I've heard that um, that there could be a Pawtucket police officer involved as well. So we're going to wait and see. But the occupant that they finally got out of the vehicle, <clears throat> um, I, from what I understand, he had some face lacerations. It, it, could have been either from the accident, because then I think the car hit a cinder block, came to a stop. 16-year-old, two 15-year-olds. I don't know who was driving. I'm assuming it was a 16-year-old, but I don't know. I don't know whose car it was or anything like that. But um, I also heard maybe he, he fell downstairs after he had been detained. But I do know they were then brought to the youth correctional facility in Cranston. Two were released within a week. One is still being held. So, but just brace yourself. And I'm saying this ahead of obviously everybody because, I, you know, this is like cue the protest. They're going to go ballistic. They're going to go, if this video is half of what I'm hearing, they're going to go, well, let's just say that it's, it's going to be a very busy one after dark couple of days. Folks, this portion of the program is brought to you by State Towing Service. Auto sales and repair, 24-hour towing.
contact my friend Michael Salvatore, who backs the blue, 3D Valley Street in Providence, 24-hour towing, 401-331-0925. You can count on state towing service, auto sales and repair. And also, with all the rain, you want to make sure that you contact Jamie's Power Wash, Jane Freitas Construction, 401-837-4545. 401-837-4545. This is simple. Do you have green stuff, algae moss on your property? Now's the time to get rid of it. And he zips through. He's on Facebook. You can also check out his website, which is jamiespowerwash.com. Or call for a free consultation, 401-837-4545. It doesn't look good. It only gets worse. The before and after photos are amazing. On your deck, patio, side of a fence, side of a building, Jamie's Power Wash, 401-837-4545, 401-837-4545. Now, if you can't remember the number, just shoot me an email. Remember, folks, if you ever want to get a hold of me, you can go to the website, depetro.com, D-E-P-E-T-R-O.com. Click contact John and boom, it's a direct feed to me. So, and remember, at the website, also sponsored by the Coesed Inn. A great meal is waiting for you at the Coesed Inn, 226 Coesed Avenue in West Warwick. Biggest bar in Rhode Island, which is filled and stocked with booze. The Coesed Inn and a great menu. Stop in and see them. They're just uh, terrific. And they're also open uh, seven days a week. So we're going to speak uh, coming up with uh, William Jacobson, Cornell Law School professor, founder of Legal Insurrection. And he also has criticalrace.org website, president of the Rhode Island-based Legal Insurrection Foundation. His work is is tremendous, and he is a champion. And he is, um, we're going to talk to him coming up in just a few moments, but he is the one, uh, Bill Jacobson, William Jacobson, he is the one that, in fact, Introduce and he's joining us right now about uh, our friend uh, Nicole. Folks, joining us right right now, as I said, is Cornell Law School professor, founder of Legal Insurrection, and now CriticalRace.org, president of Rhode Island-based Legal Insurrection Foundation. It is my absolute pleasure and honor to welcome to the program the one and only William Jacobson. Good afternoon, Bill Jacobson. Thanks for having me on. First of all, thank you for everything you do. Your website is absolutely rocketing right now. You introduced us to Nicole Salas. You introduced us to Ramona Bessinger. And Bill Jacobson, I'm willing to bet that there are other teachers out there that probably have a similar story to tell. Well, I think there are. I mean, I think people just need some examples of coming forward. And Nicole, who's not a teacher, she's uh, just a local mother, but also Ramona, who is a teacher. People need to alert the world to what's going on. And and at Legal Insurrection Foundation, this is what we do. We bring forward stories. We vet them. We um, highly rate it for accuracy of our reporting. And we want to hear from people. If you're a parent, if you're a teacher, uh, and you see things that are going on, you can come to LegalInsurrection.com. We have a contact form, and you can contact us. And we want to hear from you. I can't promise that we'll publish something. We do an extensive vetting process to make sure that you are who you say you are and that your facts are right. But if the story checks out and if we think it's newsworthy, we're, you know, we want to put it on the website and get it some attention. Bill Jacobson, um, right now we're in mid to late July. When when did critical race theory f- 
first start to appear on, on your radar and the radar of legal insurrection? Well, I've actually followed it really almost since law school because one of my classmates, um, Kimberly Crenshaw, is one of the developers of critical legal theory and eventually critical race theory. So I've always been aware of it. That's going back to 1984. um, And I was at Harvard Law School, which is where critical race theory and critical legal theory really developed. If you look at the early people, the early professors doing it, that's where it was. So I've been aware of it for over 30 years. It was more and more on our radar, but it really jumped onto my radar last summer. It was almost now to the day that the president of Cornell University announced uh, in the wake of the George Floyd killing and the protests and the riots that Cornell was going to become an anti-racist campus. And I really wasn't sure what that meant. And they assigned, not assigned, but proposed summer reading for the entire university. Ibram Kendi's book, How to Become an Anti, How to Be an Anti-Racist. And it was available free to people who had a, you know, Cornell ID. So I read it and I was absolutely horrified. It was an ideology, which while they use the term anti-racist, that's complete deception. It is actually a very racially discriminatory ideology. And so I read this thing and I said, oh my God. Uh, And we started to look into it at the foundation. We have researchers. And originally I was going to write a an op-ed or an article someplace about it. And the deeper we got into it, the the more we realized how pervasive it was. And, and so we rolled out a website in February called criticalrace.org, which documents uh, critical race training in higher education. We have an interactive map. You can click on a state, click on a school and see what's happening. And then we began to hear from people all over the country because the website got a lot of attention um we got a million views within a day of us taking it public wow and yeah so uh so we began to hear from parents saying when are you going to do k through 12 and so we hadn't really been alerted until about february that k through 12 is really where the problem is i read is pretty far gone already yeah but k through 12 is where the action is so i'd say it's been a progression since last summer But certainly by February of this year, it was front and center for us. Folks, again, we're speaking with uh, Bill Jacobson, Cornell Law School professor, also founder of Legal Insurrection. But we're really trying to highlight the website now, which is criticalrace.org. And he's also the president of the Rhode Island-based Legal Insurrection Foundation. You know, Bill, you've been in academia and been in that world. What what really stood out to me um, in speaking to Ramona yesterday which was like suddenly she noticed all of these poorly written pamphlets and being distributed and clean out these books and this is the new way. And like just that in itself raises red flags because it was it's pretty unprecedented and it's normally pretty difficult to get uh, onto the list of like required reading and uh, really have schools pick up your uh, published literature and that to me like really stood out to me simply because I have family members that are in education and they talk about how difficult it is to somehow get something in and approved in school departments to pick it up and boy that was a real red flag that they they just started writing and not even in in book form but like in pamphlet form Yes, I mean, that, that is truly astounding that something could just show up like that. Usually it's a whole process to change a curriculum. 
and particularly where the books that were being used, which are great authors and including great African-American authors, just being literally people coming into the classroom and boxing them up to be recycled. This is something out of like a horror movie about, you know, a totalitarian society where they just come in and they start grabbing great novels and replacing them with propaganda pamphlets. Uh, it's something you would expect in the you know Chinese Cultural Revolution time. So that was really that really jumped out at me that you know this change. How how does this happen? And I don't know how it happened in Providence. I mean that's something that maybe we'll get into. But one of the things people need to realize there is enormous enormous. I can't emphasize how much money is behind the effort to change curriculums around the country, to change uh, and to push things towards a a race-based or race-oriented curriculum. There are hundreds of organizations. Uh, We documented this on the website. We found that uh, one of them, a coalition of over 300 groups, including the National Education Association, um, created a messaging guide Um, on a group called Future of Learning. It's 300 groups, a coalition, including national unions, and they are funding a lot of this stuff. Their members are funding huge foundations. This myth that somehow there's all sorts of right-wing dark money behind the anti-CRT pushback. It's exactly the opposite. There's hundreds of millions of dollars going into pushing this stuff and what you have in reality is a lot of parents like nicole standing up and saying wait a second this isn't what i bargained for here what what is the uh the win for in fact say the aft or nea rhode island randy weingarten what what's their angle of why they're going so deep on this and getting behind it I don't know, but the unions are behind a lot of this. They are all on board with it. Uh, I don't know what their ultimate agenda is, so I can't really speak to that. They, some of them are probably true believers. They oh. believe this stuff. Yeah. Um, and others, it's a power thing. Uh, so I don't really know what their end game is, but I know that what the result is going to be is more racial strife, not less. And it's going to be more teachers like Ramona who feel they're being targeted because of their skin color. So that's that's what's going to happen. But I don't know what the unions have for this. Folks, again, we're speaking with Bill Jacobson, Cornell Law School professor, founder of Legal Insurrection, also president of Rhode Island-based Legal Insurrection Foundation. And if you're listening right now and you happen to be a teacher related to one, please visit the website. Or, folks, if you're just a parent and you want to learn more, visit the website, which is criticalrace.org. You know, Bill, something that also stood out to me with um, both Nicole and Ramona is they kind of went into this trying to, well, I'll start with Nicole. She started out as just a parent that wanted to find out more information and was almost taken aback at how quickly they go to the mat and almost, you know, I mean, that was really still incredible how they put her name and they may take legal action. Like, they they don't hesitate to immediately bring out the big guns and try to make an example out of her. Well, that was what was so amazing about Nicole is that she was, in a sense, an involuntary activist. She only became publicly known when they put her name on the school committee agenda to possibly sue her. I mean, who does that? Nobody does that. Mm. When they issued these horrific 
statements smearing her, which we now know were drafted by a public relations firm, trying to associate her with national racist groups, which is completely untrue. Um, and so, you know, they went after her pretty seriously. And one thing that came out at the school committee meeting, because I watched it online, it was Zoom, is that they never approached her to try to resolve anything. They just went right after her, tried to attack her legally, tried to attack her reputation. Uh, I don't understand this unless they're hiding something. You know, people who act like they have something to hide very frequently are hiding something. And whether we get to that, who knows? And also, uh, the situation with Ramona, you know, the old expression, don't kill the messenger, it's like they're not even... Whoever put this together, like, are they even realizing the consequences of forcing uh, a Caucasian instructor to attempt to teach this and put out the information? And and suddenly, you know, she can, you know, truly feel the tense uh, environment that it creates. And it's it's not her imagination. They they are getting resentful towards her and really anyone who happens to be Caucasian. Well, you know, I don't know, again, what the the goal is here, unless it's just a pure power play, which it might be, or unless they are people who are just, you know, just feel so aggrieved that they have to visit whatever pain they think they've been through on other people. Uh, you know, so it is a complete, it's a societal dead end. There was just a an article in the New York Post, I think it was yesterday, an op-ed by a guy who was an anti-apartheid accident. Uh, activist in South Africa. So he's got credibility. Uh, And he wrote about what this critical race theory is doing in the U.S. And he said it is exactly what has happened in the last few years in post-apartheid South Africa, where you have all the strife because everything centers around race. Uh, And he said, I really recommend people do, you know, look for that. I forget his name, but really astounding. And he says this obsessive focus on race being the center of everything the end result is perpetual societal strife increased hatred so it's possible to be for equality it's possible for to be for treating people respectfully without regard to race but i think the problem that ramona is facing and that we're facing as a society there's this a specific significant part of our society who controls education, who believes that that perpetual, um, never-ending racial conflict is a good thing. I mean, that is the whole anti-racism narrative. That is the whole critical race narrative, that our society is systemically racist. You can never 100% get rid of it, but you have to fight it every day. It almost becomes a religion. And it's going to take us to a very bad place. What Ramona is going through is really like the canary in the coal mine. It's a warning to our society that what we are doing is really going to rip our society apart. And it is going to do the opposite of what a lot of naive, well-intentioned people think it's going to achieve, which is greater racial equality. What do you think of uh, people like Mayor Lors of the Mayor of Providence now wants to offer reparations and really put this front and center. He's also doing a side project of basically having a lottery to start to award people a monthly supplement to spend whatever they want. But he is still hell-bent going down this reparations path. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I got to tell you, John, I don't follow local politics okay. that much. Understood. As, uh, but I have seen about reparations, obviously, both in a general matter. Uh, you know, I think reparations is another thing. Who, who, reparations for people who, you know, were victims of John Crow themselves or descendants, you know, immediately in the generation after slavery. I mean, you can make an understanding for that, but you're asking people who did nothing people who were born 20 years ago, uh, people who have never discriminated to bear that cost. And what is what is that going to do? It's just going to create more resentment. It's going to, you know, uh, not really achieve anything. And I can't speak to his plan, but I think a lot of these plans are just money grabs. That yeah. People who think they can get money for something, um, you know, people who may not themselves have ever been the victim of anything, uh, getting money from people who themselves never victimized anybody. Right. Uh, if what it comes down to is that, you know, it's everything's based on color of skin. So if you're a white child born in Providence, you now have this obligation uh, because you're an oppressor. And if you're a black child born in Providence, you now have, um, you know, a victim. I mean, what kind of narrative is that for society? Oh. That is like one of the worst things we could possibly do. Folks, again, we're speaking with uh, William Jacobson, Cornell Law School professor, founder of Legal Insurrection, president of the Rhode Island-based uh, Legal Insurrection Foundation. And more importantly, again, the website is criticalrace.org. Hey, Bill, what about in uh, with Nicole's case where some of the people that were speaking up in South Kingstown, and this is one of the refrains you hear, uh, if you're against critical race theory, then that makes you a racist. Well, I would argue just the opposite. I mean, I mean, critical race theory, which focuses everything on race, is a very racial narrative. And so I don't accept that at all. And certainly the, the narrative of the quote-unquote anti-racism, as articulated by Kendi, who is the most commonly read book on it, advocates racial discrimination. Kendi's most famous formulation is that current discrimination is justified to remedy past discrimination and future discrimination is justified to um, remedy current discrimination. So that entire narrative is one of racial discrimination. So we have come to a bizarre point in our education system and to some extent our po political and social media system where advocating against being racist actually gets you called a racist. Yeah. So I don't, accept, I don't accept their language. I think it's very pernicious. Uh, and it is not something that people need to shy away from. But I can tell you, if you stand up and you say this focus on race is not healthy, you will be called names without yeah. a doubt. And that's how they silence people. And what about finally, uh, otherwise intelligent people that sometimes I agree with, but writing things like, oh, no, critical race theory is important because children need to know history. Well, one thing has nothing to do with the other. I mean, as remote. Una, you know, wrote, and as I think she even testified before the state Senate, um, these are subjects that have been taught. I mean, they were reading books, you know, by great black authors about Jim Crow, about slavery. This was all being taught. The difference is it was being taught along with other things. And what critical race theory in education tries to do is to distort history. Mm. Uh, like the 1619 Project was maligned really seriously by uh, 
historians, actual historians who said, what you're saying is factually not correct. The the Revolutionary War was not about maintaining slavery. Right. It's just not true. Oh. And you're trying to make things. So the 1619 Project is a perfect example of a distortion of history in order to push a racial narrative. And, and uh, Nicole Hannah-Jones uh, even tweeted in a tweet that we saved but has now been taken down that her whole project is about the narrative of history. Oh. So it's not critical race theory in education and what would be taught to your kindergartners and your fifth graders is not about teaching history. It's about creating a narrative as of the United States as a system, systemically, irredeemably racist society in order to justify uh, continued conflict and then justify shaming children because of their skin color. And when they shame white children, it's also in a sense shaming black children because it's sending a message to those black children that somehow they are born victims, that they are somehow born less equal than their white compatriots. What is worse than that message? Folks, again, he is president of Rhode Island-based Legal Insurrection Foundation, Cornell Law school professor and also founder of Legal Insurrection. The website is criticalrace.org. He is William Jacobson. Bill, I mean it. Great to talk to you. Keep up the good work, and I'm sure we'll talk again. Thanks a lot. Take care. All right, folks. There it is. Bill Jacobson. The guy is uh, just incredible. Now, good afternoon at 1246. It's John DePietro. Again, if you're listening right now, and this is important to share, because I understand a lot of people that might be fearful of coming forward, and, and, and there is pushback. Whether it is uh, Ramona that we spoke to yesterday or Nicole, who uh, Nicole Salas in South Kingstown. But people need to know the agenda and what they're going to teach. And then if people say, I'm okay with that and I still want to send my children to the public school, just know that. Just, you, you know, then you make the choice. Much like those that are hesitating to get the vaccine, as long as everybody knows the drill. As long as everybody knows the deal. Folks, this portion of the John DePietro Show is brought to you by R.E. Coogan Heating and Plumbing, uh, 24-hour emergency service. Call them today, 401-732-6562. 401-732-6562. It's Coogie. 401-732-6562. Look for them on Facebook. Do you need a plumber? 24-hour emergency service. 401-732. 6562 or it's going to be hot the rest of this month into next month they're saying that he could continue well into september why not explore central air which is a game changer for your home re coogan and heating call today as he says coogie says let me into your home or let us into your home don't fix it alone heating in the wintertime cooling in the summertime and plumbing year-round the website is recooganheating.com or call them at 401-732-6562 for R.E. Coogan and Heating. Folks, it's John DePietro. Now, again, we go until 2 o'clock. Uh, right now, it's 1248. I want to once again uh, say that we are, I don't know when it's going to come down. Uh, there is a possibility that this could be a Friday afternoon news dump. It could be regarding the situation and... The Providence police officer. But uh, I just received an email. I just checked and said, John, I was just on, and they mentioned a TV station, their website, and I don't see anything about it. Well, 
I am telling you right now, if you log on at petro.com, you will see the story. Uh, it's, I, you know, and, and I think we need to get all the facts and you need to know what the training is. But I don't like the direction things are going as far as with what's happening in, um, in the way that the, the mayor of Providence is trying to put all accountability on police and none on the citizens. You know, there, there was a time that if someone was um, riding, um, riding along and leading police on a chase and pointing the gun at people, I mean, this is Rodney King would not comply with police, but he did not have a weapon on him. These uh, teenagers that happened back on July 8th into the 9th, six-hour police chase, um, who then were still refused, still refused to uh, one of them to get out of the vehicle. I, I... Listen, people get amped up. It's not easy. If you're a member of law enforcement and you, it is your job to follow behind and people are pointing a weapon at you. And people are, you know, when they're dangerously riding around the city, I, I think you have to cut some, some leeway to police if, if somebody won't comply and you're trying to remove someone out of a vehicle when they're being arrested. If, if things got a little rough, that's all I'm going to say. And I don't want to belabor the point, but I think there, there has to be some onus and element on some of the individuals involved with some of these incidents. For instance, you know, the whole situation with that family on Sale Street in Providence now with um, Taffy and the whole crew. I, I even tried to say to Mayor Alorza, isn't there any type of motive decorum? For citizens, you know, don't swear at police, don't throw bottles at your neighbors, you know, try to comply. The police go to your house, ask you to turn down the music. Just be polite about it. Uh, If you have information about a crime and the police ask you, you know, relay that information. But he refused. You know, in in Mayor Alorza, it's, it's like the parent that never tells the child no. And then the kids are just like completely out of control. That's really what it seemingly comes down to. Now, again, we go until 2 o'clock. We're going to follow this. I mean, it could happen. Um, they, The police, the attorney general's office could decide, uh, we're going to wait until Friday afternoon. I don't know. But I have contacted them. Anything I should know, any type of press conference coming, so far silence. All right. Um, right now at 1252, it is Wednesday. Obviously, we'll be there, whatever it is. Listen, if it's Friday at 5 o'clock, then I will be there Friday at 5 o'clock. Folks, the news doesn't stop. There's just certain people within the news that decide, no, I'm off, so therefore it doesn't matter. There were people on vacation on September 11th who did not come back to work. I remember there were people, Boston Marathon. Oh, sorry, my day off. News doesn't work that way, right? You, To me, news is like an appetite. Um, if you're hungry and you drive to a restaurant 
and they're closed, it doesn't mean you don't eat. It doesn't mean that day you go hungry. It means you go to a place that is open. And I view news that way. So, folks, this portion of the John DePietro Show is brought to you by our friends of J, letter J, J. Perry Paving. J. Perry Paving, they provide high-quality, fair-pricing, exceptional service, 20 years' experience specializing in commercial paving, residential paving, seal-coating patios, general masonry projects. They offer free estimate. If you're listening right now on this Wednesday and you're saying, you know what, I wouldn't mind on this Wednesday, July 21st, yeah, we'll get the driveway paved. Or maybe the patio. Or maybe you have a business and you need your parking lot paved. Call J. Perry Paving. Free estimate. 401-732-1730. Here's the ask. I'm asking you. I am asking you. If you're going to get it done, call them. Maybe you say, oh, no, I know someone else. Yeah, I know that. I'm just saying give them a turn it back. Give them a shot at the business. What do you have to lose? It's a free quote. 732. 732- 321730 licensed and insured contracting company they'll do what you need done whether it's a brand new paving project or just a correct driveway j perry paving affordable smooth safe to drive on and remember no one does a better job for veterans no one has a better package i should say no one is more generous to veterans than j perry paving call them today 401 401- 732-1730-401-732-1730 for J. Perry Painting. Now, folks, remember, we go until 2 o'clock. Good afternoon at 1255. It's Juan. It's John DePetro on AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. You know, I'm seeing headlines right now. Um, Delta grips USA. Travel restrictions extended. California hospitalizations highest in months. So I know there's still people that say, I'm never wearing the mask again. I I don't know about that. Um, I'm never wearing a mask again. Possible. All right. That's your decision. It's getting worse. It's not your imagination. There are people listening right now that won't get the vaccine. You're listening to me right now. On either AM 1380 or 99.9 FM. Or maybe you're listening online at the website to Petro.com. Just know the facts. Folks, also, I, I just want to remind people. The, the earth is round. The earth is round. A lot of the people that won't get the vaccine, just, just I just want you to put this in the, in the back of your mind. A lot of the people that are telling you not to get the vaccine are the same people that say the the earth is flat. It's all I'm going to tell you. It's all I'm going to tell you. I don't lecture. You're adults. You're going to decide. We get the information. Then you make a decision on it. Um, There was a story in the Cape Cod Times that I saw earlier. By the way, I'm going to talk about that in a moment. I want to tell you who, I'll tell you who's the opposite of critical race theory. I am so glad the Milwaukee Bucks won the NBA championship last night. I watched it. You know, I enjoyed the NBA finals. Um, I prefer sometimes college basketball over pro ball. I sometimes don't think the pro players go all out until it's the playoffs or certainly the finals. But that, you know, the Greek freak, Giannis, 
his words, he's the opposite of critical race theory. If they follow, if he listened to the people trying to put forth critical race theory, he shouldn't be where he is. Much like, as I said yesterday, that Quiddy Pay that went to Hendricken, who was born into a refugee camp. But his comments last night, 50 points, MVP, brings the championship to Milwaukee. And I want to play his comments last night because it's brilliant. When you resigned your contract, your extension, I'm sure it was with this in mind. <laughs> could, you, could you imagine it happening for you the way that it happened? No, man. No, man. Man, I, I just... I just, I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't leave. You know, there was, there was, a, there was a job that had to be finished. You know, I felt like the, the bubble did not pay us, pay us justice. You know, uh, give credit to Miami. He played great, but he did not pay us justice. Like everybody was feeling homesick. We family-oriented team wanted to see our families, and and uh, but you know, coming back, I was like. This is my city, you know, they trust me, they believe in me, they believe in us, even when we were like, we were lost, the city still was like on our side, and, um, you know, obviously I wanted, I wanted to get the job done, you know, uh, they, but that's my stubborn side, like it's easy to go somewhere and go win a championship with somebody else, it's easy, I could go, like, I don't put anybody in the spot, but I could go to a super team, and, you know, just do my part and win a championship, so on. But this is the hard way to do it, and this is the way to just do it. And we did it. You know, that is amazing. And I recognize, folks, at 1259, not everybody, you know, basketball fan, everything else. But what he's saying is anybody could just go to a super team, right? He'd go to the Knicks, go to the Lakers. He'd go to one of these teams where they put the people together. This is the hard part, building it from there. I really admire him. He is my new favorite athlete right now. And he's a champion, big time. Makes LeBron look bad. Makes Kevin Durant look bad. uh, And some of the others. Now, folks, again, it's the John DePietro Show. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to break for the 1 o'clock news. I have a lot more next hour on this situation to watch for with the Providence Police. New details on that, on the variant. Another hour to go on the radio. We're back on the other side after the 1 o'clock news.